Hey everyone, just want to encourage you to find us on your listening platform and give us a rating. Anywhere you listen to that has a rating system, go on over and give us a rating and maybe leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. These ratings really do help. Thank you so much for listening. On to this week's episode. Yo, Nicole. Hey, Rolando. Before you like made it in media, if you would consider us making it in media, right? <laughs> <laughs> but having uh, consistent work is making it immediate as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, what was your like moonlighting? Like what would you do? Like what was your line of work to pay the bills? Uh, I worked in food. I was uh, a supervisor. I got to that level at Dunkin' Donuts for a while. Wow. A supervisor Dunkin'. Yes. Yes. Okay. Pretty so every sweet. time I walk into a Dunkin' Donuts, you'll see me like cleaning up. It becomes like second nature that I'm how, like trying to tidy up the place. How long were you doing it? Five years. Wow. Five years. All right. Yeah. That All was right. like my first big job and stuff. So what about Ooh. you? From, thank you for asking. <laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. Cute. No, uh, for me, it was... Uh, I was doing like management stuff at a stop and shop in New Jersey. And that was my like moonlighting, right? That's what would pay the bills, would get me health insurance, that kind of stuff. Mm, So same kind of like service industry. It was definitely service industry, right? I think that's the recurring theme Mm -hmm. in a lot of people who work in media. Like they tend to work in the service industry while trying to break it, like make it in showbiz. Do you think it should be required to work in the service industry in order for you to be like a decent human being? I think it should be required. Yeah. In general. Like, I don't think it should be like, uh, I thought you were asking like for media, but no, I think you should be, you should work in retail or, or like service for yeah. at least a year to even be considered to be promoted in a corporate environment. You know what I mean? Because oh, usually okay. the problem is that a lot of these corporate hacks don't know what's going on on the actual day-to-day shit, right? So they wave their wands like a wizard or something, and then like, shit, we have to fucking figure out. We have to do, deal with the fallout, you know what I mean? Mm, okay, so, that's one interesting angle of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, I would look at it a little differently. I would think that people should be required just so that they know how to treat people in a work environment. You often come across people who speak and treat you terribly in the food Mm -hmm. and service industry and retail. And these are clearly people who have never worked in those jobs before. That's also true. Because for some reason, people look down on people in those industries for some reason. Right. Because they're considered unskilled labor. And it's just like, that's such a, it's fucked up turn because fair, it's not yeah. it's not like it's not it's not unskilled like let me see you uh make a cheeseburger for me bro you fucking stupid hedge fund manager God, i'm getting <laughs> so mad at the man <laughs> the reason why this is all relevant is because a lot of this get comes into play but in a comedic way in today's episode which is we're talking about this show called party down and the new revival of it on Amazon, a uh, show that I had never seen before. Stars. At least, well, I guess stars through Amazon. Oh, I guess you subscribe to Star. It's still it's still a stars exclusive on. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. See, stars isn't even an option as like it's like you get it as an add-on through my Prime. There you go. See. So, 
corporations, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take it over. All right. Well, let's just get into it. Let's party down. I'm Nicole. And I'm Rolando. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals. An original podcast. About unoriginality. It is March. It is the beginning of March. We were not able to join you guys last week for our weekly episode. And that was my fault. And that was my bad. Because sorry, guys, I got like totally, totally sick and was confined to my bed for about four or five days. So not fun. Um, Yeah, it was pretty terrible. (laughs) What'd you get? The norovirus? It's running around. I got something that is going around and I'm pretty sure I got it from my niece and nephew because whenever I get really sick I get it after seeing my niece and nephew and the germs that children carry it's by hand and foot disease then hand foot and mouth disease it, I don't know it's something Coxsackie, I think it's what it's called I even like was like is it Shingella or anything that they're saying is going around it was a nasty stomach bug that actually turned into a fever I had a fever of 101.9 mm-hmm. at my highest uh, and that turned into like just sinus pressure, uh, you know, even some nice D word stuff. I don't want to say it because it's too gross. Uh, it was just I was a hot mess. Jesus. I wrote the hot mess express diarrhea. It's not uh, like it's <laughs> I don't want anyone to picture me with diarrhea. It's disgusting. Oh, you're the one bringing up your stomach issues. This is true. Let me tell you how badly I vomited, though. (laughs) No, I mean, it was just, it was, um, I was a complete mess, and I'm just glad to be back to the land of the living. Mm -hmm. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Who, me on the podcast? You're the co-host. I had no choice in the matter. I wasn't going to do another solo episode. (laughs) (laughs) Did you think about it for this one? I considered it because I actually do like Party Down. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. But I was really curious to get your opinions on it and stuff. Okay, well, I'm glad you waited because I actually did watch a lot of it, or at least oh, by my sick? standard, a lot of it when I was sick. Mm. Um, so this is a show that I think I had heard of, but I had just never watched. And I guess it was because it was on Stars, like you said, it's a Stars exclusive. Or something? Yeah, it is a Stars exclusive. Stars is one of those networks that. I don't know anyone who has it, right? Like, yeah, like it's a it's, it's a premium network, right? So it's like it's up there with HBO, Showtime, Cinemax, but it doesn't have the name recognition of an HBO or even Showtime. Uh, and I think it's equal to or below in quality to <laughs> Cin- C- Cinemax. Does Cinemax even still exist? I think it. I, mean, I, mm, I think that's another add-on or something. Um, yeah, they're like that. You pay extra for those. Yeah, but I I can't think of any other original stars content. Can you? Yeah, American Gods, uh, based off of the book by uh, oh, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Neil Gaiman, yes. Oh, okay. And uh, I think Power is another one that's like kind of popular. Okay, well then you totally proved me wrong. Well, no, no, no. Those are outliers. I cannot tell you any other programming that they have. The only reason I know about American Gods is because I read the book. I was interested in it, uh, but I I wasn't going to subscribe to Stars for it. And the only reason I know about Stars is because Party Down 
when it was streaming on Netflix during its initial run. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think Netflix and Stars had like a, a deal together where they would air the episode soon after they dropped. Uh, that's the only reason I was able to access some of the Stars content. Got it. Okay. So, but you had seen this before. I had seen Star. Uh, Stars. I had seen Party Down. Uh, I guess not as the seasons were running, but soon after they were running. Before, okay. right before the show's cancellation is when I was watching the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, this is I've like I said, I've always heard about it and never saw it. So this was the first time for me. And I guess I didn't really know too much of like I had not heard about its reputation didn't precede it for me. Mm-hmm. So I had no expectations and kind of no idea other than the fact that I think it's a is it a largely improv based show? Or is is it a written Oh, good question. I don't know. I think it's uh I think it's written. And it's just, I think like the, I think the cast may do improv, but I don't, I'm pretty sure it's like an actual written role. Oh, okay. All right. Well, other than that though, it's like, it's comedy. It's got a lot of funny people in it. I knew Jennifer Coolidge was going to pop in somewhere. So I was like, cool, let's do this. Did you get to see the Jennifer Coolidge episodes? Yes, I did. (laughs) There is no one who can make me laugh out loud more probably than Jennifer Coolidge. I don't know because... Season one, Jane Lynch really steals a lot of the show, in my opinion. She's like good, scene. but I she didn't make me laugh out loud quite like Jennifer Coolidge did. Speaking of Jennifer Coolidge, I just saw that movie with J-Lo and Jennifer Coolidge. Shotgun Wedding. Yes, on Amazon. Uh, I actually liked it. I I don't know okay. why it got like so trashed in the reviews. Was it uh, the greatest movie ever? No, but I think it was fun. My one complaint is actually there should be more Jennifer Coolidge. Uh, Always my complaint. Yeah. And the other complaint is that maybe instead of Josh Dumal, I would have cast Timothy Olyphant because I think he has more comedic timing and equally as handsome as Josh Dumal. Yeah. Also, Josh Dumal, I just, I don't know. Is he relevant anymore? Sorry, Josh, but is he? I, I hadn't like my mom asked me who is he and I was just like I, yeah. he's from Transformers <laughs> he was in that Vegas show 20 years ago <laughs> wasn't was he, he married to Fergie yes he was married to Fergie yes so that's again that's all I know him from so mm-hmm. um but yeah so the show shocked to find out that it has four creators behind it uh Rob Thomas John Enbum I think Dan Etheridge and Dan Etheridge yeah, John Enbaum, Dan Etheridge, and Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd, yes. And I mean, I don't know too much about these guys' relationship, but apparently this was like years in the making. It was conceived and people were, the guys really wanted to make this for years before they even put it together. I feel like it got like a soft, uh, not pilot, but like uh, like they tested it a little bit in Entourage because it was like an episode oh. where of the B plot line is about drama being invited to work for a catering company and they're all struggling actors or have given up. Interesting. Okay. And, and so do- I, Oh, and the only reason I know this is because I was just recently rewatching entourage in the background mm-hmm. and God, that show is terrible by the way. I, I, I don't yeah. know why it was so popular, but yeah. Uh, well, I know why it was so popular, but it's so it's like a dumb fucking show by HBO standards. And 
so yeah, but I was it was funny because like you know we're gonna cover this episode and I'm just like oh my god this is like almost like a backdoor pilot to Party Down. Okay, I never watched Entourage. It was never for me. So glad to hear you say it's a stupid show. It is a, it's um, a dumb show. I it is. if you watch it, it might be just for the eye candy of who uh, you and like seeing like sexy women. Oh, oh, in that case, oh yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. I mean. I know that there was an unaired pilot that they did at one of the creators' house, and I even heard that Paul Rudd was in it. So mm-hmm. I wish that that was released. It might one and, day. It might be in a DVD. Who knows? Well, that also is why I thought maybe it was improvised. But, you know, like, even though The Office has improv vibes, even though I know it's not improvised, it's like that kind of early 2000s comedy show sitcom feeling kind of yeah. even like parks and rec and stuff it kind of has that vibe but it also kind of meets like the curb your enthusiasm thing yeah it's so just... well curb is completely improvised completely right improvised yeah. where i think parks and rec because like parks and rec i think is famous for that where they'll like do scenes where they're, they're completely improvised and stuff and i think like one of the writers is uh had said like one of the funniest lines from the tv show was from chris pratt and that was completely improvised by him uh, in which he's saying, it's just like, I typed your symptoms into the computer and it says you have network connectivity problems, right? And that was like completely improv by Chris Pratt. It is like one of the funniest jokes on the show because it, it was just delivered with such a, like an innocence to it. Mm-hmm. It was hilarious, right? Uh, so it, this might be a show where it's scripted, but like it has uh, the elements of like, all right, what can you do? How would you amp it up? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, it's just got that very 21st century sitcom vibe to it with the, the one cam yeah, vibe yes. to it. A direct contrast. We've talked about in a couple episodes like that 90s show and One Day at a Time where I feel like, you know, situational comedies with multi-cameras placed in front of a live studio audience is very old school and people don't really respond to it. Despite the but- fact that uh, the one that I just covered last time was uh, Night Court. That mm-hmm. one has been killing it in the ratings. Yeah, and that's interesting because most of the shows that are presented in that style, most, not all, but they tend to be for the sh- like NBCs for the CBSs and stuff. So I feel yeah, like still, they, still, they still tend to be predominantly on broadcast. And the broadcast audience, I feel like, tends to be older. They may not be as streaming savvy as the rest of like in millennials are or whatnot. Yeah, I, I, oh. I mean, I think that is probably true. But I guess when I was watching Party Down, I was like, because I'd never heard of it. I was like, wow, who watched Party Down? Who is Party Down made for? Other than maybe actors? Yeah, like people in the industry. People people in the industry who are seeing their careers go down the toilet. Yeah. Because the office and and Parks and Rec, that's a clear audience that like literally anyone in the country can relate to those shows, which is why they have such staying power. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it finds kind of like, the humor and everyday monotony jobs. Um, but Party Down's very specific. I don't know, but Parks and Rec had an audience and that's not like the, not everyone works for bureaucracy. Not everyone works for bureaucracy, but it's like a small town office, you know, see the same people every day kind of a job. A lot of people yeah. can relate to that. Okay. You know, yeah. it's nothing too crazy. But if, if we're going by that standard, then like Party Down is, you know, you work at a bar or you work at a restaurant. Yeah, so that that's the one thing that is the food industry version of those, you know, instead mm-hmm. of it being like an office 
or I guess bureaucracy. Yeah, here we are in food service. And we're also in a very specific part of the country. And we're dealing with very unique demographics each episode, mm -hmm. which is part of the comedy. Right. I think my favorite episode is probably the Republican one. That's a good uh, episode. I yeah. just rewatched that one this morning. And it's <laughs> I, I, Josh Gad. Yeah, his earlier roles. And uh, it's good. just hilarious. It's that's a really, really good episode. Oh, Jane Lynch having a flipping out about uh, the black man not being able to vote <laughs> <laughs> because he's from yeah. Toronto. She's like, when has Toronto not been part of the, part United, of this, States? the United States? It was pretty funny. So wait, what is Party Down about? Just in case you're listening, you're like, huh? What? Well, it's pretty much about a catering team in Los Angeles. It's about six of them. And they're all for the most part, aspiring Hollywood actors or writers, or mm -hmm. they're just drifters, uh, people, you know, who never really kind of, kind of found their way in a normative society. So they're all doing these kind of small time catering gigs and hoping for some change in their life, hoping for their next big break and working these events that they, for the most part, don't want to be working. Mm -hmm. And because it's also Los Angeles, you get a lot of class and I guess more class is the humor. It's all about like the class divide between the people that they're working for, the people who are working it. Yes, I, um, I would agree. Uh, class is an important factor in this show. Yes. Because, uh, you know, the people, our main cast, they're broke. They are poor. Uh, they are hustling to like make ends meet. And usually people who hire catering services for parties have disposable income that. Mm -hmm. these employees wish they had yeah have uh, you it, ever catered an event i've been begging eddie to like eddie <laughs> let's just splurge and like let's have outside of our wedding we haven't had like an event catered do we have it in our budget um i think we could pull it together and, and have like wow. a catered event. and uh i i do want to i told eddie like for my 40th like you have four years to plan uh i want like, to save i want like a catered service thing where like you know I've been to friends' parties that they've had catered, right? Like, you have the bartender, and you have, like, people passing hors d'oeuvres. And I think they're so chic, so classy. I want that. Yes. That's the one thing I do want is a bartender. That would be cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe not the people holding the plates. You know, just but, one uh, person walking around with hors d'oeuvres and stuff and picking up uh, glasses. Yeah, it would be cool. It, it definitely is a... Uh... <laughs> I would, I would definitely feel like, like, wow, I'm rich. I would definitely feel like I was in a different class than I currently. And am. that's the thing, and that is truly like, as as here we are just talking about this, it just does make you feel like a different, like, and then comes that feeling of like, well, I am superior to you. I'm sorry. Mm, like, you know yeah, what I mean? yeah. And like, that's and just human instinct. Then it becomes problematic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the funny thing about the show too is that everyone who works in this catering industry, other than the leader, whose name is Ron, mm -hmm. uh, they hate it and they don't respect the job and they don't respect their boss and they don't respect the people that they work for and any of the rules set before them and therein comes where a lot of the comedy is or they're just blissfully kind of in their own world. Mm -hmm. um, and they're a colorful cast of characters except for what is arguably our main character. Henry. Uh, who is Henry Pollard, played by Adam Scott, who is probably well known for being in Parks and Rec. Um, but he's also got that kind of unique face that you've seen him before in a million things. Yeah, including Boy Meets World. Including Boy Meets World. Um, and his character is the straight man, and he is so boring. And I it's just such a such a trope for 
that kind of sitcom like oh let's see the comedy through like the boring person's point of view or at mm-hmm. least put this one character in contrast to everyone else who's really eccentric kind of like jim halpern in the office um who i hate okay I, i've gone on record saying that i'm sure yeah yeah um, so it's so interesting i actually i like henry's character i think because he's not he just just because he's not eccentric does not make him not interesting, right? Like he is a failed actor. He has, he's remembered for like this one line in a commercial, right? Are we having fun yet? Like that's what he's most famous for. Yeah. And it comes, he has like this baggage around him that I actually do like. And uh, I actually think he's played so well by, by Adam Scott. Like, yeah, he is a straight man. He's a foil to all the other characters because a lot of these characters have like these big dreams and aspirations and they still think they're going to make it. And he's just a broken down human being. And yeah. I do I actually, I think he is, he is. Yeah. I like him. I think he was like, he's not like, I don't know if I would call him. He's not Jim Halper. Jim Halper is boring because he, outside of him being uh, like normal, he's also kind of just like sanitized in a way that Henry was not. Yeah. And that's what, and because and Henry has like this edge, uh, I think that's what makes him a much more interesting character than a Jim Halpert. Yeah. I think he, I, I definitely would agree. He's a more interesting character than Jim, but like, I guess comparatively to the rest, he is quite boring, but that's also because his story is more, I guess, devastating. You know, mm-hmm. he went for his dreams and he failed. Mm-hmm. And now he's living back at home. I think he mentions in the first episode that he had to live with his parents. Yes. And he's back at this job that he once gave up. And that's kind of like everyone's worst fear. Going mm-hmm. for it and failing. Yep. And here's like a guy who's kind of walking around embodying it. So like most of the time he's just kind of judging everyone. Um, or at least just kind of like there making wise ass remarks, which is fine. But the one thing that I think is really interesting about him is that all the chicks swoon over him. Like he gets Casey, he gets Kristen Bell. I'm going to like flash forward to the new one. He gets fucking Jennifer Garner. He gets these beautiful white women to drool all over him. And most of the time these girls put them, like they throw themselves on Henry. They offer their phone numbers willingly to him. You know, they'll just start making out with him out of nowhere. I'm like this, what? I'm not straight, so I don't get it, but are are straight women okay? I mean, (laughs) I... It's so funny because like when we were watching, Eddie and I were watching the new one. Eddie was also wondering the same thing. It's just like now Jennifer Garner is throwing herself at him. And I also felt that way, but I get it. I do understand what it is. There's this whole, there's something about a helpless man that like, I think that just some women are just drawn to kind of fix and like take care of. Really? And I think that's kind of just what's going on with him. Cause like he's he's attractive enough, mm. right? And like I think his character is so sarcastic and so it's just like it ends up becoming almost like a charm, and like there's something about him being so broken that it's just like oh maybe not broken in a sense he's not broken in a in like a manner that's like uh like he's not beating you or something right like he he's broken more he's like literally he's spirit his spirit is broken. <laughs> And that's yes. like something that feels like it's just like maybe that's something I can fix. I can't like, you know, like maybe that's like something that is repairable, unlike a major human flaw, like he's abusive or alcoholic or a drug. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe it's because he's so uh that 
maybe it's that that, that thing is just like they think like maybe I could fix maybe that's something that's more fixable than like some of those other terrible traits that people have when they go for that like nurture role. Mike, that's my that's my theory as to what is the appeal of Henry because I would agree with you. Henry well, is 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 just like why he got like three women like beautiful, you know. really great women. Uh, I mean, I always thought that chicks digged confidence. So I'm like, huh, maybe Henry's just confident in his, I don't know, despondency or something. Well, it could be, it could also be that. <laughs> it could be that. I just, I don't get it. So I guess that's part of me where I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I don't, what? So that's, whatever. It's it's not like a deal breaker for me, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things. And clearly I get very bothered when women go after really boring straight guys, because it's also like, it's such a norm and it's almost so predictable at this point, but I never understand why, you know, we're calling back to Wednesday and me being uh-huh. pissed off about that. Right. So I, I feel like for season two, they're going to explore. They're going to make her bisexual. They fucking better. I feel like, I feel it's in the writing in the stars. Um, yeah. So wait, who would you rather Lizzie Kaplan have ended up with? Would you rather she go out with uh, the goth guy, the writer? Uh, what is his name? Roman. Oh, Roman. Yeah. Why not? Right? Roman is so weird. So Roman is this character. <laughs> he is a, a a writer. That's right. That's like his uh his career goal. And uh, but he's like a hard sci-fi writer. One of his funniest scenes in the show is when they're catering the porn company, and like he has like this drunk porn actress throwing herself at him, and uh, like he you know she asks him, oh so what do you do. And he's like, oh, I'm a writer. I write sci-fi. And she's like, oh, that's so cool. I love unicorns and wizards. And as she's about to go in for a kiss, he stops her because she's just like, I write, like, that's fantasy shit that you're talking about. I write hard science. And completely turned her off and she just walks off. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and yeah, so Roman is like, he's just this weird character. But he's just as, like, I think he's just as gross as uh, any other guy because, like, don't there was a scene where he just talks about uh, Lizzie Kaplan's character as like just an object, right? Like just rating all her features and stuff. And yeah. I'm just like, ew, like what a terrible human being this guy is. Yeah, no, he was, he has a lot of really creepy moments. Um, So yeah, total, like, what's that Wackadoo. word? Wackadoo, yes. Uh, it kind of incel vibes. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so everyone else is the problem kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, And then there's Kyle, who's kind of his adversary who's this really pretty boy actor model. He's in a band and he's kind of ditzy. Uh, and they just, all they do is make fun of each other. Right. And, and they hate each other. Uh-huh. And he's like this, like, you know, he's an aspiring young actor and stuff. It's so funny. I think he's someone who grew into his looks. Yeah. Because like that hair was just not working for him in those first two seasons. But by the third season, I'm just like, oh, he's quite, he's looking Much better, great. yeah. Yeah. But the trend here is, is that, so we got Ron, the big guy, who's also just like so desperate to please. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like he's he's so over the top with his trying to be like the big boss man that he often self-sabotages and messes up the whole gig for everybody yeah um played by and, ken marino and yeah. uh he's also a recovering drug addict and alcoholic right he was like a party boy yes uh now he's recover. he's in recovery and he's trying the first season his arc he's trying to start a small business Soup, 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 super salad, super salad. Oh, super crackers. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. 
<laughs> and that's it yeah it was yeah he's trying to start uh, like uh so he's using so that's why he's hustling with party down right so yeah. he can have enough money to start his own franchise yeah he wants to be an entrepreneur essentially mm-hmm. um so which is always funny whenever anyone wants to be an entrepreneur uh and so they're all a bunch someone of... who's trying to be an entrepreneur wow <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry uh all these four guys are white guys by the way straight white guys so, you know, yeah. diversity, it's a beautiful thing. The diversity comes in that last role, uh, in the last two roles played by two white women. Uh, one is Lizzie Kaplan playing Casey Klein, who mm-hmm. is a stand-up comedian and mm-hmm. wannabe comedic actress who in the beginning is in a terrible toxic marriage. And then the yeah. moment that goes south, hooks up with Henry. Yeah, and then they have this relationship. Yeah, it's yeah. like constantly on again, off again. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because that relationship was doomed. Why? Because they're both in the same field. And why is that doomed? Because you should never get in a relationship (laughs) with someone in the same field as you, because you're always going to be comparing yourself to them. And there's always going to be this weird, like competition slash jealousy thing. Yeah. Um, So in my opinion, maybe some people can make it work. I know. I would agree. I couldn't date someone else in media. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't do that to yourself. They shouldn't do that to themselves. It's just not a good idea, guys. Uh-huh. You want someone who's going to support you and who wants to, you know, stay home and, and be your supporter and do something else. Yeah. Uh, and then the last and do something else. And the last woman is usually played by a really famous comedic actress. In the beginning, it's Jane Lynch. It starts off Jane Lynch she, as Constance. As Constance, who I, is one of my favorite characters. I'm so glad that she is back for season three. Uh, then she gets replaced by Jennifer Coolidge for like a couple of episodes. Yeah, and just two, just two episodes. Two That's episodes. It. That's all we get of Jennifer Coolidge, but worth it. Great. So and hilarious. Season three, Jennifer Coolidge uh, is replaced by Megan Mullally for the rest of the remainder of the season. For the remainder, yeah. Who I actually find quite funny. I mean, yeah, Megan Mullally is, uh, I think she's great at comedy and stuff. And again, oh, yeah. great to see her in, in the new season. Uh, although she reminds me, her hairdo reminds me of one of our former professors and stuff. And I want to now imagine <laughs> that professor all the time just speaking in that Megan Mullally like voice. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, like... yeah, <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Who may be listening to this episode? So if you are, hey, hey, you know who you are. Hopefully, maybe not. Uh, so the show. I mean, again, every single episode is a different venue or different event that they're catering for. We get a lot of cameos from Kristen Bell to J.K. Simmons. Uh, to I mean, what are some other people? I can't think. Uh, Josh Ken Jad. Josh Gad, yes, and John, um, James Marsden. Oh, what is his name? Uh, that's season three. But um, uh, the <laughs> Howie Mandel. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> Howie that's Mandel right. a party is a funny. One. Well, it's not even a party, right? Like, but he yeah. he was it Howie Mandel. Steve Gutenberg is also yeah. Oh, Steve I don't Gutenberg know if I saw funny. that one. Okay, J K Simmons. Yes, yeah, yeah. J K Simmons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and again, just the shenanigans that take place. Not really a lot of overlapping from episode to episode. It really is. I guess that would be considered episodic television, right? Not serial television. Like, it you would have to be... stay tuned. Yeah, I mean, this is, like, mostly... There's, like, one kind of overarching plot, and that's, like, the Henry and Lizzie Kaplan storyline. But yeah. for the most part, these are, like, 
this is just uh these are just episodic they're like you know they're one-offs yeah. and stuff where we are in and out so what's your favorite episode I like the orgy episode. I think it's hilarious. Uh, it's a pretty good episode. That's in season two, but I'm trying to think of what my. I think the the porn awards one is also a pretty good episode. I think that's in season one, uh, and it wasn't Harry Mandel. It was Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg is the one. He's throwing a party. You, you didn't catch this episode. I don't think so. Okay, so I, I confuse him with Harry Mandel, but it's Steve Gutenberg throws a party. But he forgot that he needed to reschedule and didn't call the catering company. So he's just like, well, you guys are all here. So why don't we just have a party with you guys and stuff? And you guys have it fun on us. And I think he ends up hooking up with Lizzie Kaplan. Like that was like uh, one of the. How? Like, you know, she had the choice between a celebrity and, and uh, Henry. She went with the celebrity. Can you blame <laughs> her? Absolutely not. not like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, no. Oh, I know it's a good one. The. The episode with the old people, it's like they're they're catering like the it's like uh their love life. Yeah, like they're yeah, trying to get them yeah. to like spice up their love life because that one has one of the funniest <clears throat> moments with Jane Lynch struggling with her age. Yeah. Right. Like she has like this idea of like who she feels she's young. And like the reality is like Jane Lynch is an uh, an older lady mm-hmm. and uh she's just looking right at like almost their future right which is it, i i i thought this was one of the interesting episodes playing with mortality and stuff and uh it's a good one it's a good one but yeah, uh, I, yeah like i used to watch the show like regularly and stuff and i think part of the appeal for me was like i was watching this at a time in my life where i was like constantly trying to like find like odd jobs in the industry to get me through while working at like a supermarket so on some level i was kind of relating to the show as dark as dark of a portrayal as that page, I think it was just funny to see like the humor in it at times. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I I definitely liked the Republican, the that's, youth that's Republican one. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Because also most of these kids, well, most of the people who are working the event are probably more liberal leaning. Yes. And so there's so much uh, tension between their perception of who these boys are. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny too because most of the time they're kind of wrong, right? <laughs> like Jane Lynch gets like super in an ass. Like <laughs> I heard somebody making a gay remark, so one of them goes out and is and sets him up, and he's like, "I heard you were telling a gay joke." And the guy tells a gay joke. He's like, "Well, guess what? I'm gay." I'm gay. And the Joker goes, "I'm gay too." <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, "Oh, I'm not gay," and he just like makes himself look terrible. And like <laughs> the joke you said earlier with Jane Lynch not even knowing that Toronto is not even in this country and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually really liked that too. I like jokes that, you know, poke fun at people and like, you can make fun of yourself and whatnot. And I love that. Like, for the most part, I felt like the conservatives got the upper hand most of the episode. Um, I thought that the last episode of the series was probably my favorite when Constance got married. Because a rich guy. And that I thought it ended abruptly was my issue with that episode. Like, she's oh they're driving out away and then all of a sudden like she just gets out of the car he's like he's dead it was just like <laughs> what i know that to me was the best part where like that whole episode whether or not to sign the prenum are they in love are they not they get married and then bam mm-hmm. he's dead uh do you think she killed him no okay do you i think part of me does i mean i i would i wouldn't mind it if she did <laughs> But yeah, I mean, also that's the episode with Kristen Bell's company 
uh that is actually working the event i believe yes uh, uh that i think might be the Kristen Bell is like a recurring character, right? She's like a love interest ex. Uh, I think by that point, she's the ex of this guy, right? Of Henry's. Yes. No, wait, that's not, that's not the episode, but um, that was the, that was the finale of the first season. Not the Constance's second. wedding was, I thought that was the second season. Yeah. So Constance's wedding is the finale of the second season, but Kristen Bell's in the finale of the first season. Yeah. And then she shows up again, I think in another episode in the second season. Yeah. She shows up again. Days. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I it's so I didn't find it laugh out loud funny. Um, uh-huh. I didn't again, like I said, a bunch of white guys and you know a bunch of humor found in like the creepiness and the ridiculousness of certain you know people, uh, like Roman, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Kyle, and then you have Henry. I don't know. Like after a while, I just find that not for it's not my taste level, right? So. Um. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind. So, I think this show also came out at a right before the streaming boom, right? So, a lot of these episodes weren't meant to be taken out all in one sitting, right? It wasn't meant yeah. for binging. It was like meant for week to week consumption and stuff. And I think for week to week consumption, a lot of those critiques of just like, oh, I don't know if I want to watch a whole like nine episodes about like these group of white men. It's funny. I didn't. The whiteness didn't. It wasn't a factor for me. Like I, when I watched the show initially, it didn't occur to me that they were all white until you rewatching it. I'm just like, oh shit, they are all white. And then obviously season three, they changed that. Uh, yes, yes, uh, yes. For for very very up uh, for obvious reasons, right? You have to. Uh, but I think they actually did. I actually like the new character they introduced. The uh, he is black, but he's also an in like an influencer yeah and that's his whole thing yeah. that, I, and i think that is such an interesting it brings like an interesting edge to him because you and i are both media people what's your take on content creators are you do you respect them do you think do you look down upon them what's your what's what's your take what do you feel um i mean i it's hard to put out a lot of content uh-huh. it's time consuming um, so to be on top of it and to be engaged with your following, like I respect that because I don't think people realize just how much goes into it. Um, but I also kind of roll my eyes at the fact that now everyone wants to be an influencer and wants, you know, is trying to invest in content creation, myself included. So I don't know. <laughs> that's a very diplomatic <laughs> like, answer. That's it's like the old joke. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to belong to any group that would have me as a member. Like, you know, that's how I feel about it. I don't, I don't know that reference. Um, it's attributed but... to Groucho Marx. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I actually, I used to like, like kind of, you know, point my nose up at them initially until you realize that like, <sighs> content creation is a skill. It is a skill. Like you either have, like every, you're right. Everyone wants to be a content creator. That does not make you a content creator. You're a content creator once you hit a certain number, I feel. Or like once you have an actual following, when you have hit certain numbers and stuff. And that's hard. And some people have it, some people don't. Mm-hmm. And I think it is just as much as a skill. It's not our set of skills, right? Like I think if you gave an assignment to me, you, and a content creator, uh, all three of us would kind of do it very differently. Uh, if we had to do an ad for like, let's say, uh, like 
a sponsor or something. All three of us would handle that differently based off of the skills that we have learned uh, yeah. of our careers. And our career, you know, at least for me, I like things to look a little more polished. Now that I'm working more so in social media, uh, not as a content produce, a content creator, but, uh, you know, creating media for some of these organizations that are looking to, you know, fill up their calendars. You have to start thinking more and more like what is digestible and stuff. And that is a different skill set almost that you have to kind of learn. So I don't know. I have respect for them, which that's my long winded thing. Uh, the, this new character that they've introduced, uh, he is uh, Saxon played by Tyrell Jackson Williams. He is uh, like the way some of these other characters look down on him is so funny. And I think it's even more funnier when you realize that he's black and they're all white. Like, you know what I mean? There's like that added, like almost layer of like racism, I guess, this poor kid. So I actually, I've been, I think it's just like, oh, I kind of hope to explore like his blackness compared to their, to his, their whiteness and stuff in this show. Uh, so we'll see that, but I think it's funny. Like, I don't know if you saw the most recent episode of Party Down, the new season, but you did. I, yeah. So mm-hmm. you know, when uh, Jane Lynch is going on this tirade about following your dreams and stuff, and he Saxon tells her what she does, and she's like, "Yeah, maybe you should just stick to the rules because I thought you were gonna follow like a real dream, like being an actor." Um, <laughs> yeah. After her crazy story too. Yeah. There's only two episodes of this new season. Yeah. And it takes place about 10 years after the events of Constance's wedding. Uh-huh. And it begins so with Constance Kyle. Is a millionaire. Constance is a millionaire. No uh, Constance of money whatsoever. I love that, <laughs> I love that for her. Uh, yeah, I love how she doesn't know what how many zeros means what number. Uh, Kyle Bradway is an actor who is successful. He's becoming a nitro, necromancer. Something like that. They're making fun of the sounds, Marvel sounds like Cinematic Yeah. <laughs> uh, very tug of cheek, I guess. But And he's having a party. And he's having all of the people from Party Down come to celebrate in his success. Oh, and, specifically, he hired Party Down to like look down on the people that he moved on from. What a power move. Respect. I would probably do something similar if I... Yeah. And who's position. still working at Party Down? Roman. Ro- Roman. Uh, Ron later. is trying to own Party Down now. Yeah, Ron wants to now own it. And then a bunch of kids who are all not white and don't have much time talking other than Saxon. Mm-hmm. Um, Megan Minnelli, I think, is an agent or a publicist. She's a manager for her daughter who they mentioned as season one. She's trying to push her to be like a child actress. Yes, yes. Which comes to play. It comes to play. Too. Um, and then Henry is a high school teacher. Yeah, he, you know, respectable career. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And Casey is famous. Kate, that's, I think, do you think, why do you think Lizzie Kaplan didn't come back? I'm yeah, like, so, so she's not coming back at all, is she? As far as I know, like, unless they surprise us, she's pulling Kim Cattrall on us. Wow. I don't know. I I mean, I have no idea about like, any I, as far of, like, as, interpersonal yeah. stuff, so... I I found that interesting because like Lizzie Kaplan is like I mean she wasn't the star but like she was an important role in in the first two seasons and stuff and you I actually did like her back. on again off again I think she had a great she I thought she had great chemistry with uh with Adam Scott uh did they date or something I don't know 
I can't. Mm. I, I don't know. Adam Scott's like he's not famous. He's not like tabloid material. You know, there's <laughs> Lizzie Kaplan though. So yeah, yeah. So interesting. Uh, but so far she's not back. Uh, everybody else is back with some new characters, like Jennifer Garner and James Marsden. Yes, and Jennifer Garner is ready to date fucking Henry, and I'm so annoyed about it. She Jennifer Garner dumping Ben is probably the best thing she has done because she has never looked better. I I know, and he's never looked more miserable. (laughs) No, like at the Grammys, so (laughs) he's just sitting there doubting himself and wishing he never dumped Jennifer Garner. (laughs) I just saw that movie with J Lo, and J Lo I don't think has ever looked better. I mean, J Lo's hot. She's gorgeous. Yeah. Um, by the second, oh yeah, the funny thing about the end of the first episode is that, you know, all of these things are happening and they're so excited and then it's like, oh, it ends up being the March pandemic. 1st, 2020 and then the pandemic hit. So that was, this is a, I, that was a smart move. I thought, yeah, I actually, I, I was very much caught off guard with that joke when, uh, you know, because Ron had just finished the purchase of Party Down. So now he's ready for his, like, you know, to start making money as like the owner what happens? The pandemic hits, and now we know he's not going to be making money for at least a year, two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's going to get into this financial hole, which I, I, yeah, that was talk about good writing because for a revival, you need to have you, you were that was able to garner my interest to be like, okay, I want to see, I want to see what happens next. I need to come back next week and watch this. <laughs> True. Also, Kyle Radway gets canceled at the end of that episode because of a performance he did in Constance's Weddings episode mm-hmm. called uh, where he sang the song My Struggle, which is pretty much it sounded <laughs> like, like a Hitler youth song. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he didn't even realize it. And uh, he, flubs up the apology video or something and i forgot how he gets canceled but uh he ends up getting canceled and like the role ends up going to one of his bandmates who also had auditioned for the role and stuff so everything gets like kind of taken away from kyle so that's why he starts working again for Mm -hmm. party down uh henry starts working because he divorced from his ex-wife and he needs to moonlight to help pay alimony but you find that in episode two. So episode two is almost a flash forward from that episode from the pan- right before the pandemic. Now we're like, I think a year and a half, two years in to the pandemic. So people are finally like whenever people started opening their doors back again. Yeah. Yeah. Is where and we, Jane Lynch we is a ourselves. silent partner. Well, not mm-hmm. so silent. No, um. <laughs> She's not so silent. But and what then- a what a what a. I just, yeah, I'm so glad that they're able to keep her around. Even if, even if her scenes are this small, I'm just like, you know what? I can't get enough Take Jane it. Lynch. Yeah, you know? and same with Megan Mullally. We get both of them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I but mean, the been, show... Like, yeah, they've been shown predominantly in the ads. So, I'm glad, like, it's just, like, we're keeping their... We're keeping we, that promise, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're two strong comedic actresses. Like, you can't yes. lose... If we're losing Lizzie Kaplan, we, we need to make up for this somehow. Absolutely. Um, it's amazing because the show feels pretty much the same. Mm-hmm despite the fact that it's been a few years. And so I guess the overall structure of the show is pretty rock solid. You know, you just got an event and shenanigans happen. Mm -hmm. And people, one thing that you have to have is just the workers disrespect the rules and not take their job seriously and comedy ensues. Right. You know, so it holds up. But again, I didn't even know this was happening. You were the one who knew about it and pitched this idea. I haven't really heard much about it. So it just kind of makes me wonder well, why did this get revived? Like, what is the audience that I just am not, I, I clearly I'm not their audience or at least their target one. Uh-huh. 
So, and I'm just surprised that it was successful. And I mean, it was two seasons two and then seasons. it got canceled. And now here it is in a revival. Well, here's the thing about the cancellation, right? I mean, part of the reason people speculate the show was canceled was a, a twofold. First season, they lost Jane Lynch because of the success of Glee, mm. right? So that was already like a big kind of like, all right, we're going to see if we could carry on without her. They were able to. But then uh, the gentleman who plays Henry, he ends up getting cast in Parks and Rec full time. And now it's just like, all right, we're, we, I don't know if we could carry on without him. Like he's like the main actor. It's just as far as stars is concerned, uh, let's just pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Um, why come back to this show? Like, however many uh, 12 years later or however since this last episode um i think part of it i think part of the reason might be adam scott's like little newfound success after severance on apple on apple tv right like i think they're just writing off of like okay he people loved him in parks and rec and now he had severance maybe maybe now's the time to strike okay interesting that's my theory not the exclusive one but that's my theory i think maybe the other reason would be being able to explore the class warfare in a post-pandemic world. Mm. Maybe. Okay. Uh, I can't say that we saw too much of that at the moment outside of like the even harder struggles that Ron, for example, has had because of the pandemic. Uh, Because I think, again, and this might be me giving too much credit to like the creators here, but it does open yourself up to opportunities to explore some of this class divide that we had that kind of grew even more so post the pandemic uh like you know the rich got richer the poor got way poorer (laughs) you know yeah and screwed out of like jobs Mm -hmm. for two years straight like ron who had to take any job he could and got covid four times and has now lost his sense of smell i think Mm -hmm. that's yep that's what he said Uh, so that's how hard he had to grind it throughout the pandemic, which is funny, but also like, oh my God, how depressing. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's it's an interesting show. Do you think that this revival was was worthy of the show? Like, do you think it's 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 hitting all the right notes and saying all the right things for you? Well, me so far, just two episodes in, it is. Mm. Uh, I... Yeah, I I was surprised to say like the the season three premiere. I was ready to for it to be kind of like meh, you yeah. know, lackluster. Mm-hmm. But I found it. I thought it was funny, and I thought like, oh, what a great job setting up where, like, setting up these characters for their failures. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think because of that, I, I I found it entertaining, and I think, uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm like ready to ride this train to see like what other surprises because i think that's the other thing the fun thing about the show like the random guest stars that'll just appear Mm -hmm. like the random cameos uh so i'm like i'm looking forward to it right and i think that's i think and i think the reason the show is able to get so many like interesting guest stars like even for like small scenes is because i think a lot of them have had to deal with this shit yeah (laughs) you know before they made it big so they know yeah that's yeah uh and i do think that there is that audience too that can relate not only to the struggle um but to those specific instances which i just can't you know so but Mm -hmm. i I actually do like this show um i i enjoyed it and i enjoy i i respect 
respect it. How about that? Yeah, no, <laughs> it I might not be fair. my favorite show, but yeah. No, it's look, this show is a cult show for sure. Like it again, it was on stars, so it has a very small following. But the people who knew about the show, if it's so uh I only maybe met one other person who's ever seen the show. Wow. Uh, yeah, just talking about it. And I forgot how the topic even came up, but it might've been about catering or something. And I made this show. I was like, oh yeah, it's like this show I used to watch, Party Down. And they're like, oh, you've seen Party Down. I'm like, yeah, you, no way, you've seen Party Down? And it's so interesting, right? Because like, there's so few and far between the people that I've met who, yeah. oh, that was like the only person I've ever met outside who actually has seen Party Down and like knew what I was talking about. Um, Eddie is actually, he didn't want to give this show the time of day because it's he doesn't like workplace comedies despite the fact that he's oh. a fan of uh of of night court right he's been so <laughs> night court loved, is the one he likes he yeah that's a workplace comedy as far as i'm concerned but like he loved and i actually do i don't know if you ever, if you got a chance to listen but like uh, night court is a i thought a good revival also mm. right mm-hmm. uh, and i think what it's like what makes for a good revival like what what makes these two shows like uh night court and uh and party down versus a show that's kind of like eh, like uh that 90s show <clears throat> yeah well the thing about night court though is that that's a reboot or a re uh-huh. like it's 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 technically not a revival because it's not doesn't have too many like maybe john that's larry cats in it but this is a new generation that's because, like it, oh, that's 90s show they're all dead except for john larry <laughs> like you know what i mean i think <laughs> it's only one more surviving main actor from the show but uh, otherwise, they're all dead. That's like, so, insane. Because yeah. that's not that late of a show. They were all. Like, they. I mean, they were like much older. Except for, I think the guy who played the main judge. He. I think he may have died from cancer or something. Oh jeez. Um, um. But yeah, no. But it's uh, yeah, you're right. It is a. It's a reboot, but it's still like a. It's a reboot, but you also brought the main. I don't know. It's. I count it as a revival. I think you could, I think Night Court and That 70 Shows are good comparisons. You know, I'm trying to think of what is a good comparison for Party Down. It's like the same cast 10 years later, like Will and Grace. Oh, Will and Grace. Perfect. Great example, which I also thought, I guess, I guess what makes a good revival then would be like when you're able to bring back the original cast. If you can go, if you're going to try to do a revival, right? Mm hmm. I think maybe don't go that route of trying to change. You have to give the people what they remember. Which is, they just want the same old stuff. Yes. you. They want the same old stuff, but it can't just be some, but I don't know, that might come as its own pitfalls. It has to be the same old stuff, but you have to be able to like give, there has to be like some uh, either introducing, obviously introducing new characters sometimes helps, but like you need to like figure out, you need to like bring that, you need to be able to bring that from that whenever last we encountered it to the to the current because yeah. the styles of comedy still have changed um you know like some of the jokes i mean granted it's only been like 10 years and stuff but like comedy has changed in 10 years oh yes it has yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. you have to be able to like kind of mold to it and stuff and i think episode the first episode of the season of three is a good example of that right like they were already targeting like this whole media walks on eggshells to not offend people right so you're able to bring it to the contemporary and stuff so i think a good revival that's that's kind of the key is like can you bring back what made the original run so magical while still keeping it 
contemporary and like bringing it into the present age and stuff. And I think, yeah, this show was able to do that, which I was shocked. Because yeah, like, considering it has good. such a small following, it's just like I thought it was like, you know, like why would anyone care? And here I am, like watching two episodes. I'm just like, yeah. I think that's the key: have a small following so that you really cater to that small group instead of trying mm-hmm. to please everybody. <laughs> uh, that might also help. Yeah, I hope. I wonder how the Frasier revival will go. Uh, so that's going to be a hard one because, well, if that's, that's if one. that's going by your rules here, is is it a revival or is it just going to be a re? Boo, no, because that's, it's it's the same again the same people now they're reviving these characters that they played this isn't a new generation here well no 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 it's only Frazier coming back Niles isn't coming back Niles is not coming back oh and Daphne's David, not coming back David Hyde Pierce uh yeah it's just is the only one who's coming back I think maybe Lilith we'll get <laughs> maybe Lilith <laughs> BB Newhart uh well obviously the father won't it's gonna be Frazier and his son I believe ew like Dexter <laughs> I see that ill like that. I like Dexter, but like I don't know if I want to see a show about Frasier and his son. Dexter is another show that's a good example of this revival of the same show. Now let's just take it, pick it up ten years later. Yeah, I like Dexter. I enjoyed Dexter a lot because they had to make up for a lot of sins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Where this one didn't have to, right? Like, so that's the thing. This show didn't need a a revival. It ended two seasons. Like, was it enough? No, but I think it was. uh, But it kind of was. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, that's it. It ended there. Let's just let it let it be. Right. Like, I think it's a dicey move to bring it back for another season. Right now, they're just lucky that they've had two solid episodes. So it's just like, okay, you keep this momentum. Great. You 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 did something that like no one asked for. No one asked for this. Yeah. But I'm glad I got it. And they're only doing six episodes, and hopefully they'll leave it at that. So good, and that's a good number to 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 go for. Like yeah. I think I don't think, kill a good thing. Yeah, like I think now, I think people are realizing it's like we don't need to have twelve episodes. I think twelve episodes was ambitious. At it's so funny, right? Because like we went from twenty four episode seasons to twelve after like you know premium cable and like streaming, uh, and now even with streaming like they're willing it down to like even less and less and i think good yeah yeah like no this, seriously like... the the english have been doing it for fucking ever so i'm glad we are too mm-hmm. um but yeah all right guys well party down what did you guys think did you watch it do you have thoughts do you agree with us you should let us know. Ways that you can let us know are by emailing us, remakes, reboots, revivals at gmail.com. You can hit us up on social media on Instagram at remakes, reboots, revivals, uh, Twitter at remakes podcast. You can search for us on Facebook and YouTube by searching for remakes, reboots, revivals. And if you enjoy this podcast, go on over to the listening platform you're on and give us a rating. And if you can, leave us a review, which we always appreciate. Mm hmm. Uh, and next week, be sure to tune in because we're going to be tackling the comedy legend Mel Brooks and this new Fortnite event, I think, of the sequel to his movie, History of the World Part 1. And I cannot wait to hear Rolando's thoughts on it. Oh, it came out already. Well, yeah, but I want to hear your thoughts on the original film. Oh. Which I'm okay. sure you haven't watched yet. Um, I have seen. I like Mel Brooks. Oh, you've seen that film? I have. Recently? Uh, no, not recently. I haven't watched it for the podcast yet. Okay. Uh, Interesting. I saw it, I don't know, whenever, soon after I had seen Dracula Dead and Loving It. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, thought Dracula Dead and Loving It, albeit incredibly stupid, was funny. 
I agree. Like, yeah, I, it got panned by critics, but I'm just like, why? Like, why? Like, so, seriously? Movie's lovable. Leslie Nielsen, what a great performance as Dracula. Yeah. And Men in Tights is also pretty good. That's the one I had not seen recently. I, I saw that one, like, decades ago. Yeah. I watched it a lot growing up. Um, do I feel the same way about History of the World? Tune in next week to find out. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Until next week. Stay, Stay unoriginal. unoriginal.